Welcome to another edition of Focus on the Kingdom. This is Anthony Buzzard inviting you again to search the Scriptures with us as we continue with our investigation of Jesus' favorite topic, the Gospel about the Kingdom of God. We've been pointing out recently that there's a great emphasis in the Bible on getting a correct understanding of having the mind opened to truth. The issue in the Bible is one of truth versus lie. Listen to these words of Paul in 2 Thessalonians 2 and verse 10. He's speaking here of the final Antichrist and of the deceptive influence that the devil will energize within that Antichrist and of the deceptive and delusive teachings which will come from the mouth of the Antichrist. Now, the apostles unanimously say that that spirit of Antichrist, that deluding influence, was already at work in their time, but it was going to flower into something even worse, a final demonstration of falsehood at the hands of the final Antichrist, whom Jesus will slay with the breath of his mouth and the power and the glory of his coming. Now, the Antichrist is the tool of Satan. Satan is the consummate liar, He's had a great deal of experience these many years in watching the human race, in knowing our frailties, and knowing how careless we are with the truth of God. The devil plays on that weakness and in very subtle ways distorts the truth, diverts our attention away from the truth as it's revealed in Scripture. We've been saying that the Bible is God's love letter to the human race. It's an exposure of the mind, the intention, the plan, and the counsel of God. The Spirit of God is God communicating. It's God revealing His inner intention, His inner heart. Take, for example, that wonderful text in Proverbs 1 and verse 23. In that passage, wisdom, wisdom is personified. It's actually an attribute, of course, of God Himself. Wisdom is the expressive activity of God, His plan, His counsel. Wisdom here speaks as she is personified, and she says, Turn at my reproof, addressing the human race here, you and me. Turn at my reproof, says wisdom. Behold, I will pour out my spirit on you. I will make my words known to you. You see, the Spirit of God is the revealing of the words of God. The Spirit of God is actually close to the mind of God, the heart of God. One translation of Proverbs 1.23 says, I will open my heart to you. Another says, I will make my words known to you. Another says, I will open my mind to you. I will share, in other words, my innermost thoughts with you. That's what the Spirit of God does. That's why the Spirit of God is the only antidote to the lies of the devil. Jesus was the supremely important teacher of the truth. As the Son of God, he spoke the very words of God. When Jesus speaks, we're hearing his Father, God, speak through him. God was in Christ, Paul said, reconciling the world to himself. And the message which Jesus brought was about the kingdom of God. Jesus' words are designed to open our minds to truth. In Luke 24, verse 45, we read that Jesus opened their minds to understand the scriptures. Jesus is constantly in that business of opening minds to understand the scriptures. Our task is to beseech God to give us truth at all costs. We must desire the truth above all things. We must count it as more precious than silver. Do you remember that in Luke 24, verse 32, the apostles said, 
Were not our hearts burning within us while he was speaking to us on the road, while he was explaining the scriptures to us? In the parallel passage in John's Gospel, we find the same episode described when Jesus said to the disciples, Receive Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, you see, is nothing other than the heart and the mind of God revealed to us, in this case through the agency of Jesus Christ. Our hearts, our inner man, should burn with excitement when the Scriptures are explained to us. That's why Jesus opened their mind to understand the Scripture. Luke 24 verse 45. Do you remember on another occasion he challenged his opponents by saying that they were in error not knowing the scriptures. The great source of error and ignorance is a lack of knowledge of the scriptures. In Acts chapter 16 verse 14 we read of a certain woman named Lydia from the city of Thyatira, a seller of purple fabrics, a worshipper of God, and she was listening to the things being spoken by Paul and the Lord opened her heart to respond to the things spoken by Paul. In the Gospel of Luke, we read of an opening of the mind. Here we read of an opening of the heart. There's no difference between mind and heart in the Scripture, or very little. Our mind is the center of our reasoning. It's the residence of our intellect. And heart is a similar idea. The heart in the Bible is not the seat of our emotions, as we customarily say in Western speech, no, the heart and the mind are very close in Scripture. Often the word heart in the Bible is properly translated as mind. We love God with our whole heart, soul, and mind. And the word for mind there, the yania, as modern Greeks would pronounce it, is the word which describes the power to reason. First John 5.20 says that Jesus Christ came to give us an understanding, the power to reason and to think correctly, so that we might know God. First John 5 and verse 20, Jesus said a similar thing in the Gospels when he pointed out that those who worship God must worship him in the spirit of truth, or in spirit and truth. That's to say, with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit in John's Gospel is the spirit of the truth, as opposed to the spirit of lies and the spirit of error. We must have the right mind, the right understanding, in order to approach God. And the Bible is the means by which we acquire that mind to approach God. We meet God then mind to mind, heart to heart. We make our relationship with Jesus, the Son of God, by understanding his mind, by relating to his words and imbibing his spirit, being immersed and bathed in the very mind, heart, spirit, indeed the thinking process of Jesus himself. No wonder then that Paul in Philippians chapter 2 said, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Jesus Christ. And on another occasion, he said, Let the word of God dwell in you richly. Colossians 3 and verse 16. In the parallel passage in Ephesians, he said, Allow the Spirit to keep working with you constantly. The Spirit and the Word are very close in Scripture the Spirit is the energy in the mind, the driving force behind the very words of Scripture. They are God's words. That's why the Bible, then, is the supreme revelation of the Creator's great plan, His intention to produce immortal beings who will rule with Jesus in the kingdom of God on the earth when He returns to set up that kingdom, according to Revelation chapter 11, verses 15 to 18. That passage, as I'm sure you know, speaks of the seventh trumpet blowing 
And at that seventh trumpet, the kingdoms of the world, the kingdoms as presently dominated by the spirit of Satan, will become the kingdom of God. World governments will change hands. There will only be one worldwide authority at that time. It will be the kingdom of God to be set up on this earth. Jerusalem will become the world worship center. The truth of God will be preached and taught across the world. The nations will beg to go to Jerusalem to learn correct ways of living, true ways of thinking. Real education will permeate the world for the first time. The knowledge of God will cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. That revolution in world thinking will take place because the spirit of lies and deception, the spirit of delusion which is now cast as a veil across the face of the earth will be removed. The spirit of Jesus will be permeating the earth at that time. At present there's a great deal of darkness. The whole world lies in the power of the devil, so said John in 1 John 5 and verse 19. The devil, in fact, is the official deceiver of the whole world. Revelation 12, verse 9. Now, the antidote to being deceived is simply a thorough and persistent daily investigation of the Scriptures. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 6, Paul spoke of the wisdom which he and his colleague apostles were spreading amongst the Christians. That wisdom represents the mind and the spirit of truth. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 6, Paul said, We apostles do speak wisdom among those who are mature, a wisdom, however, not of this age, nor of the rulers of this age who are passing away. But we do speak God's wisdom in a mystery. The word mystery in the Bible, I have to tell you, has to do with the unveiling of God's plan, God's purpose in the world, his plan to produce immortal beings through trial and testing now, and through immortalization at the resurrection when Jesus comes back to establish the kingdom on the earth. And so Paul, in speaking wisdom, is speaking of the unveiling of God's wonderful plan in the world. We speak wisdom, but it's not the wisdom of this age, he says. We do speak God's wisdom in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God predestined before the ages to our glory, the wisdom which none of the rulers of this age understood. If they'd understood it, they would not have crucified the Lord, of glory, or the Lord of the kingdom, just as it's written, things which eye has not seen and ear has not heard, that which has not entered the heart of man, all that God has prepared for those who love him. That's God's mystery, all that God has prepared for those who love him. You remember that Jesus spoke of the kingdom of God prepared before the foundation of the world. The mystery indeed is the mystery of the kingdom, God's great operation kingdom his plan to restore peace to this tortured earth. Now, verse 10 states that God has revealed these mysteries to us through the Spirit, because the Spirit searches all things, even the depths of God. The Spirit indeed unveils the very secrets of God's heart. In verse 11, Paul says, Who among men knows the thoughts of a man, except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, the thoughts of God, no one knows except the Spirit of God. You see there the parallel between the Spirit of God and the thoughts of God? Now we have received, Paul says, not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is from God, so that we might know the things freely given to us by God, which things we also speak, not in words taught by human wisdom, 
but in words taught by the Spirit, combining spiritual thoughts with spiritual words. Now the natural man does not accept the things of the Spirit of God. The man who has not been touched and opened to the things of God's heart, his plan and his counsel, will not accept the truth of the gospel of the kingdom of God. They appear to be foolish to him, and he cannot understand them, because they are spiritually praised. But he who is spiritual, that's say, he who has tasted the Spirit of God by coming to an understanding of the Scriptures, he who is spiritual is able to appraise all things, yet he himself is appraised by no man. For who has known the mind of the Lord? Paul then goes on to quote a passage from Isaiah chapter 40, verse 13. Who has known the mind of the Lord, that he should instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. I should point out to you that in the passage in Isaiah 40, verse 13, being quoted by Paul here, the word for mind is spirit, who has known the spirit of God, who has directed the spirit of God. And Paul here renders it as mind, because the mind of God is indeed his revealed heart and spirit, the very inner life of God exposed to our view through the Spirit of God. We invite you to check these passages of Scripture carefully in your own Bible. Be like the Bereans who searched the Scriptures daily to see if what they were hearing was true. The Spirit of God is one of the most important concepts in the entirety of the Bible. It's God's heart revealed to us, His plan exposed to our view. We invite you also to request from us our book on the Kingdom of God, a copy of the tape you've been listening to, and join us again for our continued study of Jesus' favorite topic, the gospel about the kingdom of God.